This is the FS Tech Podcast. Hello and welcome to the FS Tech Podcast. I'm Hannah McGrath, editor of FS Tech, and today we're going to take a look at how FSIs can minimize the risks involved in Know Your Customer while meeting customer expectations of fast onboarding and keeping the regulators happy. There have been easier times for customer onboarding. The money laundering industry is currently estimated at being worth around $2 trillion worldwide, and the challenges posed to FSIs by the introduction of the EU's sixth AML directive, Brexit, and the pandemic are all well established. But these challenges are amplified by the fact that many organisations are still unaware of where their data truly lies. Many are weighed down by siloed legacy IT, which holds data from different business areas in systems that are unable to talk to each other. And many organisations simply don't have the right data needed to onboard customers risk free in the first place. Faced with these challenges, Financial services companies are tasked with minimizing the risk of cyber criminals and fraudsters whose techniques are rapidly evolving from infiltrating their systems without alienating customers with onerous and time consuming onboarding processes and sending them straight into the hands of competitors. So to combat this problem, some are exploring the potential of AI and analytics to provide a more complete view of customer data, which helps to strike a fine balance between giving customers what they need when they need it and minimizing risk for the company. At the same time, emerging technologies such as biometrics offer organizations new strategies to keep one step ahead of the cyber criminals. To delve further into these topics, as well as some possible solutions to these dilemmas, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Adam McLaughlin, Global Head of Financial Crime Strategy and Marketing at NICE Actimize. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thank you very much, Hannah, for having me, and um, I look forward to sharing my perspective. Fantastic. So without further ado, uh, let's jump into the first question, and that's what are the key challenges for financial services institutions in rolling out digital onboarding and compliance solutions? And how can a consolidated view of data accelerate this transformation process? Thank you. So I, I think we've seen a massive shock to the system over the last year, especially with the pandemic. What that shock is, is the move to digital. Um, and you've mentioned that in, in your introduction. So almost overnight, firms had to adopt a digital strategy. And it was already in progress anyway. Over the last few years, people have been moving to digital slowly, but we saw a massive uptick in the move need for digital. And that has been accelerated even over the last year, and it will continue to be accelerated over the last, the next 12 months, 18 months. And I think the first point I want to mention is about the challenges within the current system. As you highlighted, most current systems operate in silo, which generates risk because you don't have that holistic view across the various silos. It could be across product, it could be across customer bases, and it could even be across compliance verticals. Data is another big problem uh, that exists today. Not access, having access to the right data, missing data, not having access to external data, and if you don't have that full profile picture of a customer, again, it creates inherent risk. And then you've got the move to digital, as I've just mentioned. Uh, and ultimately, the risk with that is it's a person not present issue. Uh, so before, you know, when you had bank branches which were open and people would walk into a branch, you'd get onboarded in a branch, especially if you're a corporate, you'd walk into a branch, give documents over. They could see you face to face. They could talk to you in person, potentially. Well, now that's gone away, you know, digital now, which is pretty much what most people are doing, if not everyone, you don't see that person, you can't see their face, you're relying on documentation that's digital, you're relying on ID that's digital. So there creates a new challenge. 
there. And it's, it's basically, if you don't have the right information on the customer, you can't make an informed decision on that customer, which is why financial institutions have to move to and implement new compliance solutions to manage that change in risk and that digital lifecycle of customers. Um, so they need to have a solution that's effective in managing risk. And ultimately they have to understand a customer who is the customer that I'm onboarding and who is that customer I'm dealing with? And is it the person who they say they are? Data is absolutely critical with all this, not just collecting it, but also using it in a collective way. And this comes back to that whole holistic view. And this is why I think those sides have to disappear because you need that consolidated view, that customer at the center of this view and understand that risk across the multiple product sets, you know, the multiple lines of business, multiple compliance verticals, you know, be it fraud, AML, screening, and, and the products, you know, be it sort of investment banking, retail banking, wealth, et cetera. So it all needs to come together to see that holistic view because you can then make a better decision, a quick decision and a more accurate decision on that customer and their risk. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, the, the issue of doing sort of digital um, onboarding and verification, I think, is, is a key challenge at the moment. And obviously, you know, if you can't go into a bank branch, then uh, you're, you're massively just by default increasing your risk if you decide to onboard a customer and you can't verify their documents and you can't verify their, for example, passport details. So, yeah, I can see I can see how that's a challenge. You mentioned data management there and consolidating data across different business areas. What role does data management play in ensuring compliance with things like KYC and AML processes? Data is king, isn't it? I think, <laughs> in my view, without data, none of this works. Um, if you don't have the right data, you don't have a KYC process. You don't have an AML process. Um, you have to have data to feed it. That data has to be accurate, has to be accessible, and it has to be relevant. But also you've got that umbrella that has to comply with, with data protection regulations. Um, so you have that data protection issue that you have to comply with. Not, I, I don't think that's a difficulty per se, um, in, in my view, because there is gateways within the legislation to allow data to be utilized for financial crime prevention, detection and investigation. Um, so GDPR gives you a gateway. I think section five gives a gateway for allowing use of data. And then also the money laundering directives across the EU, albeit we're not part of the EU now in the UK, but we still have the MLD directives that have been implemented. You know, a chapter five of that is around data use in terms of detecting financial crime. We're, we're actually told we have to use data to detect financial crime and monitor the customer. So I, I don't think that GDPR or data protection is, is a huge issue, but ultimately the data has to be clean. I think that's bottom line here and there is a saying crap in crap out right and ultimately if you put rubbish data in you're going to get rubbish out and so that's really not going to be effective for a KYC process or looking at customer lifecycle risk um, so the data if it's outdated if it's not accessible to an ML system or a KYC system the whole system is going to be ineffective like I said which creates high risk that you're missing critical data that would otherwise indicate that somebody's suspicious but if the data is accurate, and I mean it's up to date and current, it's accessible. You know, ultimately it's consolidated. But if it's not consolidated, it's pointing into the same place. So you can access the data from multiple different sources in one place. Then this will act as a cogs for your KYC and AML systems. And I, I think the the analogy is data is the lifeblood of of your KYC program, especially a modern solution. If you keep it fed and keep it updated, it will give you really good results and minimize your risk. So that, that, that's my view on, on data. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it doesn't matter how well your data is managed, where it is, how accessible it is. If the data quality isn't there, um, you're not going to get the desired outcome. And it doesn't matter how fast the onboarding process is, things are still going to slip through the net if you don't have the right controls and the right data quality in place. So, yeah, but really interesting there. Um, so let's have a look at the, the sort of the new technologies that are coming online to, to help accelerate this process and to make it more efficient and, and reliable. What is the value of AI and, and analytics in understanding the customer? And how is automation changing times to approval um, for compliance teams? Sure. So AI, it's less so now, but AI is a buzzword, isn't it? Everyone goes, oh, I need AI for my solution. I'm like, great, that's, you know, what do you need it for? Well, I just need AI. You know, regulators want an AI. We want AI. And so the first thing you have to do about AI is understand what AI is going to do for you. I think that's an important piece. It's, it's all good to have an AI, but if you just have AI for AI's sake, it doesn't actually benefit anyone. So I think you need to understand what your outcomes you're trying to achieve with the use of AI. But ultimately, all AI is, is the ability for computers to do lots of analytics very, very quickly, more quickly than any human could do um, in a short space of time and make sense of data. So it, it can identify patterns, it can identify suspicious behavior, and it can, it can draw links between people, transactions, uh, and lots of data points to, to give you accurate outcomes. So in this context, taking data from internal and external sources, what AI will do is it will crunch those numbers, crunch that data, draw patterns between that data, and ultimately understand that data very, very quickly. So in the purposes of, of KYC, it means that a system can understand whether a customer is who they say they are by looking at multiple different data points, um, both internal and external. It can understand if there's any other risks associated with that customer, which could include, you know, sanctions risks, potentially is there any adverse media on this individual? You know, are they a politically exposed person? Are they a criminal? It can look at, is their address accurate? Um, is, there any, is that phone number associated with any other people um, that could be illicit, et cetera, et cetera? And if it's a corporate, you know, does the corporate structure look right? Is it accurate? Um, so there's lots and lots of data points and I could go on and on about the data points, but ultimately, it brings all this data together, crunches it very quickly and says, this person is risky because of these issues we found, or this person is actually, we think safe because we haven't found any issues and here's the data that we've, we've got back and we've crunched numbers. Um, so it, it can ultimately look at the, that normal versus abnormal behavior. And like I said, any risks that are identified, it picks up quickly. And then it moves into this automation space that you mentioned. Um, so automation is, is ultimately a way of ensuring an investigator has the right data at the right time to make a decision. Um, and I think investigators, it's important to note here that investigators are still important. Uh, you know, we're not going to suddenly lose all human investigators over the next five years because we've got AI. AI does the analytics a lot quicker. It can highlight issues a lot quicker and pinpoint them to an investigator. So you need to look at this because this doesn't look right because of here's the data that sits behind it. But you still need an investigator to make that final decision as to whether it is right but it isn't right. And this is where automation will bring other data sources together and say, here's the anomaly that we found through the AI and through automation, here's all the data you need to investigate this anomaly to make an informed decision quickly. So that, that's really where the AI sits in it. It, make, it allows the human to make a decision quicker and it, it allows organizations to pick out anomalies a lot faster and potentially even the unknown unknowns because it can draw patterns of behavior between different connections. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting to, to see that, you know, that those patterns are being fed into systems, which which basically, you know, they learn to identify risk and, you know, risky behaviours and um, and they can bring those together so much more quickly than, um, you know, a team of, of compliance experts sitting there. And and I, I guess, you know, the, the advantage there is making sure that um, it's AI assisted human decision making. Um, you know, it's not just a, a straight replacement, because I think that introduces its own risk into the system as well. Um, so how can data analysis um, change the customer experience and how have customer expectations changed in the past few years? A lot, um, <laughs> but let, let me go into details on that. So I, I think at the heart of digital transformation that's going on is the customer. The world's got extremely competitive. The digital age, it's very competitive. So a customer wants things to be done now. They don't want to wait three or four days or a week for things to happen. That's both getting new accounts, but it's also with transactions. So there's that instant need from customers now. So if you're not competitive, the customer will just go elsewhere. Um, if you can't onboard them quickly, they'll just drop your app and they'll go to another bank that can onboard them quickly. So the expectations of a customer is, I want it done and I want it done today. I don't want to wait. And the problem is compliance has to be able to adapt to that need. And there's no, there's no point in the front office being able to onboard somebody quickly and take all the data if compliance takes three days to do their checks and then come back and say, yes, customer's good to go because you'll just lose the customer, especially from a retail perspective. Um, so compliance has to be capable of doing things quickly. Uh, and this is really where the, the technology comes in because time equals costs, um, especially if you lose customers. So compliance has to be as quick as the front office systems. So you get customer, you get the details, you have to be able to very quickly check in the background is the customer who they say they are? You know, are they sanctioned? Are they somebody we don't deal with, an ex-criminal or a non-criminal from adverse media? You know, are they a politically exposed person? Is the data marrying up to what external systems know about the customer? And, and really, compliance has to be competitive. That's, I guess that's where I'm going with this. Compliance has to be competitive as well as the front office systems. And if they can marry up quickly, we can ultimately make quicker decisions and that customer can get onboarded quickly reducing that lo competitive loss to other organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it, compliance as a competitive advantage, I think, is something that a lot of um, sort of digital providers are clocking onto very quickly. And there's also a lot of focus on technologies such as biometrics, you know, with sort of selfie identification and video um, sort of uh, onboarding um, and, and the automated processes that come from that. What challenges can things like biometrics present for financial services providers um, and how can they help to accelerate the speed of onboarding? Sure. So I think these technologies now are integral to a KYC process and a KYC system. They have to be done now, um, especially now, you know, the points were made earlier. Everyone's now pretty much opening accounts digitally. So biometrics is a must have rather than a nice to have. But there are challenges with it, right? So just as much as the banks are picking up on this biometric type technology, so are the criminals. So one example is Channel 4, uh, I think at Christmas time, did a, uh, a deep fake um, advert where they had the Queen. It looked like Queen, it sounded like the Queen. Um, it sounded like the, you know, the Queen was saying lots of um, stuff about Channel 4 and bigging it up, so to speak, but it wasn't the Queen. Uh, it was artificial intelligence that was made to look and sound like the Queen. And there's other, there's other websites out there that can create a, a face. It looks like a photograph. It looks real, it smells real, it sounds real, but it's not real. These people do not exist. It's a computer that has just created this image of a completely fictitious person. Um, so, you know, just as much as the banks are using it, the criminals are also using it to fool the banks. 
to get accounts. And so it's great technology and it has to be used, but it also has to be anchored against other data points. So you have to use it, but you also have to maybe use voice, face, maybe use external data sources to validate that this is the right person, maybe sort of get passports or driver licenses and validate they're not fake either. So there has to be multiple data points, which obviously brings in a time issue if you're doing it manually. Um, and again, I think this comes back to that whole technology piece. You know, you can have five, six, seven, eight, nine, or even more data points coming in and assessed almost instantaneously uh, using technology. So yeah, like I said, it's not foolproof, but it has to be used. And if you use correctly, it will accurately identify the customer with precision and it can give the KYC teams the right data at the right time quickly to say, yes, this is the right customer, this is the right person, and we should onboard them, or conversely, actually, no, this person looks really dodgy. We don't want to, have, we don't want to bank them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, really interesting what you're, you're saying at, about deep fakes there, because a couple of years ago, you know, that was something which was way off on the horizon. And now, you know, on social media and the, the rate at which technology is advancing, deep fakes are almost something that people can do on an app on their phone. Um, you know, it, it's quite easy to detect them if you're a big social media company, not so easy if you're, you know, you're a bank and you're trying to automate processes. Um, so, yeah, really interesting that you need to bring data together and make sure you cross check and cross reference. Um, rather than biometrics just being the kind of, you know, the, the one-size-fits-all solution. So how can technology partners um, help FSIs with implementing digital onboarding um, and with the ongoing risk management throughout the customer lifecycle? Because it's not just about, you know, getting customers through the door safely. It's also about the, you know, the customer journey end-to-end as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so ultimately, how technology parts can help is they know the te- technology, believe it or not. Um, they're the ones that have generally built and designed the technology. So the implementation has to be a partnership. So the technology vendors have SMEs such as myself who work within them, who understand the operational issues within FIs, but also we understand the technology. So it's really that partnership where you know, technology partners have to work with the FIs uh, to understand the outcomes. And I think I mentioned that earlier on. You know, what is the outcomes of the FI is trying to achieve? What do they want to do? Why do they want to do it? So if you can understand the, the issues and the business cases that the organizations are trying to achieve, we can marry up that technology with the outcomes that they're trying to achieve to give them a absolutely defined solution that will work for their needs. But I think, like you say, the point is absolutely valid. It's not just about onboarding. You know, there's a whole life cycle and risk can change. If, for example, take mules. Somebody might not get a bank account knowing that they're going to be a mule. Um, they might just get a bank account being a student, but you know they're at university, they, they start losing a bit of money or they don't have as much money as they thought, and they get approached to move some money through their bank account. And they say, oh, you know, here, here's a hundred pounds. Can you move this money through your bank account? No questions asked. They then become a mule. So there's a change in behavior for these individuals. Um, and that's just one such example. So you have to monitor this customer along the life cycle. And we call that customer lifecycle risk management, um, CLRM. And so you're managing them across that whole chain. So this requires technology partners to understand where different feeds can come in. So it's not just about KYC. Um, it's not just about CDD or EDD, but it's about looking at transactions. So, you know, what are, that, what are they doing from a transactional perspective? Does that marry up with what they've told you onboarding or during some remediation? Right? How are the transactions differing? How does that converse to external data? Um, what's the external data now about this person? You know, is there any adverse media on them? Screening. So all the bits I talked about earlier, but it's about knowing how to marry all the different, different data ports out into a centralized platform 
to have that holistic view of the customer. And I think that marriage between sort of the tech partners and the financial institutions through the life cycle and just understanding the business needs will really help them to exceed their risk profiles and actually manage that risk effectively and make sure they're optimized because um, threats change, risk change, so they can just make sure they're optimized throughout that process by using a tech partner who, who acts as a partner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's really interesting there that, you know, there, there's a real sort of balance to strike between the advantages of automation in terms of speed, in terms of um, efficiencies, um, but also the, the role of human judgment and making sure that the technology assists human agents and compliance officers to, um, to you know, to flag things which potentially need further investigation. I think um, increasingly, you know, there, there was a fear at first that, automating processes could introduce new risk into the system. Now there is more of a sense that technology can be of assistance um, and to, you know, to help with just the general sort of workflow as well for compliance teams, which which I think is, is really interesting and is something which is only really changed in the past couple of years. Um, so that was that was a really interesting conversation and, you know, a great discussion. Um, and, and I've certainly learned uh, a lot more about sort of the, the ways in which KYC is being, um, you know, changed by technology. If our listeners want to find out more um, about Nice Actimize um, and, and what you guys do, um, where can we send them? So if the listeners want to find out more or get more information on what, what's been discussed today, then they can contact us at info at niceactimize.com. Alternatively, they can visit our website, which is www.niceactimize.com. Great. Fantastic. Thanks very much for, for being with us on the podcast, Adam, um, and I uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech Podcast.